Welcome back to Morpeth Moments. I'm Marlene and I'll be telling stories of true crime, about murder, other tragedies and sometimes some interesting tidbits involving the people who had connections with the town of Morpeth, New South Wales and its surrounding districts, as convicts, soldiers and settlers made this area their home, stayed for a while to discover their niche or moved on to seek their fortune. The stories are based in the 19th and early 20th century. The accounts are researched and referenced by myself from open sourced information, family research, state archive records and trove newspapers. Music by Kevin MacLeod. Sound effects by Sound Bible. I'd like to ask those who do listen to my podcast to please subscribe, give a rating and a comment. It will assist me to improving and adjusting content to make it better and cater to different tastes. Everyone needs feedback. Please feel free to email me. My address is on my podcast page. If there's any misinformation or you would like to find out more, please contact me here. story. First an introduction of the area. Quarrabalong is a small locality in the Hunter region of New South Wales, Australia. It is located 11 kilometres southeast of the town of Cessnock and is adjacent to the Wadigans National Park. The name Quarrabalong is based on the Aboriginal word which means a low line of hills. The central lowlands of the Hunter Valley is the country of the Wanararua people. A recent survey indicates that the Quarrabalong area contains a ceremonial ground and two burial sites. The history of the European settlement of the area is part of the broader exploration and settlement story of the Hunter region, with townships first established at Wollombi and then the broader Cessna area. Land in the Quarrabalong area was first settled as part of the pastoral estates granted in the late 1820s and early 1830s, then was progressively subdivided for further pastoral use. The wider Quarrabalong area was originally controlled under several large land grants of over 1,000 acres, including those owned by Jacob Josephson, George Thomas Palmer and Edward Charles Close. From the latter half of the 18th century, a farming community was established to the south of Sandy Creek Road, sometimes referred to as a Sandy Creek Community. The Quarrabalong estate of 4,500 acres does not exist anymore, but was owned at the time by Edward Charles Close Jr. The property produced fine wine and thoroughbred horses. Mr. Close Jr. purchased it about 1853. However, previously, land grant titles dated to the 1820s to 1840s, 
Convicts were assigned to Edward Charles Close Senior and may have later worked there. Mrs Laskett was an unassisted immigrant who arrived in the colony in the 1850s and lived in a former convict hut near Sandy Creek. A Ghost at Wallambai We find the following in the Maitland Mercury 25th of September 1857. A rather incredible tale has been narrated by several persons from Wollombi, whilst in Maitland during the Assizes. The statement has been corroborated so far that the woman who says she has been favoured with a visit from a denizen of another world is known to reside on the Quarrabalong estate and in the cottage which is referred to. The story runs thus. A woman named Laskett, shortly after her arrival in the country, some three years since, went and took up her abode in a hut on the Quarrabalong estate, the property, we believe, of Mr Close. Frequently, Mrs Laskett imagined that she saw something which she could not describe, apparently playing at hide-and-seek behind the trees, and then around the hut, but having no belief in ghosts, she put it down as an optical delusion. Within the last six months, however, this mysterious something assumed a more natural form. At first it appeared like a bundle of woman's clothes, suspended in the air, and used to delight in hovering over a waterhole in the creek, a little distance from Mrs. Laskett's hut. But the momentary fear and trepidation which was occasioned by this apparition, having subsided, nothing more was thought of it. At last, the woman's clothes, when next seen, were on an apparently aged female. Her face was pale and wan, and miserable to look upon. Lifting up one of her hands, she beckoned Mrs. Laskett to follow her, but flesh and blood could not stand the fright, and the poor woman had fainted. Night after night this ghostly visitor appeared, but fright prevented Mrs. Laskett from obeying her injunction. At length she determined upon the next visit to muster up courage enough to address the ghost and ask her why she continued to haunt her. The next night came and at the usual hour the ghost appeared, looking a shade more miserable than on the previous occasions. Mustering up courage, Mrs. Laskett said, Who are you? The ghost then told her that her name was blank and that many years ago she resided in that hut, that whilst there she had been foully murdered by blank. And beckoning with her hand, she said, Follow me, and I will show you where I lie buried. Mrs. Laskett followed, and was taken down to this waterhole over which she had so often seen the strange sights. The ghost was silent until arriving at the hole, when turning round she said, my body is there, and disappeared. Since then, Mrs. Laskett had not been troubled with her visitor. Not knowing what to think of this apparition and discovery, she decided upon asking the advice of her neighbours. The story created some excitement, and this excitement was increased when, upon searching the record of the Wallumby Police Court, it was discovered that a woman named Blank had resided in that hut and that she had disappeared in a most mysterious manner. A private inquiry, we are told, was held, and Mrs. Laskett was questioned 
and cross-questioned, but her story was in no way shaken. They were unable, however, to test its truth by searching for the supposed body in the water hole in consequence of the quantity of water at present in it, but intended, we believe, doing so when it subsides. We are also told that the person who was named as the murderer is still residing in the district. What makes this strange story more wondrous strange is the fact of Mrs. Laskett being only a new hand in the colony and therefore unacquainted with either the names of the former occupants of a house or with the circumstances of the mysterious disappearance of an aged woman. The Maitland Mercury newspaper published a report of the haunting in September 1857 and as the incident was then being investigated by police, two names were blanked out. The police visited the estate early in the new year to conduct a forensic dig at the spot shown to the woman by the ghost, and the press reported. Not a little interest has been excited by the story of the ghost of Quarabalong, which appeared some time ago in our columns, and not a few inquiries have been made as to the result of the search that it was understood was to be made. We can only say that the affair is still enveloped in mystery. Fifteen men were engaged for some time in digging into the bed of the dry creek, pointed out by the ghost as the spot where the remains of its corporal tenement lay hid. But as, although in ordinary seasons, the bed of this creek is dry, there is now a current of water finding a passage below the surface, a result of the rains of last year. The search could not be carried out as far as was wished. The interest connected with the tale is maintained, however, by the fact that a bone was found, but doubts were expressed as to whether it was not the bone of a bullock, instead of a part of the remains of a human subject. We hear that the bone was to be subjected to the examination of a medical man, and that the search will be renewed at an early period. Later, the medical man determined the bone was from a bovine, and the police, suspecting the flowing floodwaters had destroyed the supposed grave, discontinued the investigation and the story faded from history. Interestingly, a few weeks later, a letter entitled Was a Ghost Seen appeared in the Maitland Mercury and was signed by Joseph Rolfe, who was a manager for Mr. Close on the estate. I did some research and found Joseph Rolfe may have been a former convict. He was born in about 1804 and dispatched from Surrey, England. He was convicted for housebreaking and transported for life to New South Wales in 1834 on the ship Henry Tanner and granted a conditional pardon in 1848. His letter says, Maitland Mercury, 11th of March, 1858. The woman that pretends to have seen the apparition holds long conversations with it and goes from house to house informing the neighbours of what the ghost has told her is to take place. In every instance it has proved itself a bad prophet. Not content with that, she stated lately that the ghost informed her that it was my intention to murder her on a certain day, and prevailed on two or three of the neighbours to watch over her with loaded guns, to shoot me if I made an appearance. Of this the parties who kept watch informed me. With regard to the spot pointed out as the site of the grave, it has been searched and dug up, 
A bone was got, but unfortunately for her veracity, it turns out to be a bullock's bone. I have known this woman for some years, and during that time she has seen some score of spirits of both dead and alive, my own wife among the number. According to her account, ghosts ride on horseback as well as walk. Whether the horse is real or not, I cannot say. The whole story, with all particulars of information received from the spirit, is only an invention of her own brain. The subject has here become quite a byword and a mockery. I put forward, why should Mrs. Laskett make up such a story? Especially if there had been reported that a wife had absconded or gone missing. Mrs. Laskett was only just new to the district and supposedly wanted to stay in the good graces of the landlord so as not to be asked to leave. Was Joseph Rolfe the person who was unnamed in the news article? Could he have been the suspected murderer, as his wife had left or passed away a couple of years before? Thank you for listening to Morpeth Moments. Hope you return to hear about more stories about the people and places of Morpeth and its surrounding districts. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>